Revolution. I can't get no call to action, but I try and I try and I try. Hello and welcome to A Call to Action, the go-to podcast for anyone trying to make sense of the world of marketing, advertising and beyond. In an industry that is a minefield of utter bollocks, we aim to capture our heroes and allies from the front line to have a chinwag with. It's like Pokemon Go, with the single but vital exception that it's not a short-term bandwagon of shite. It's brought to you by Gasp and I'm Giles Edwards. Today I've caught Furzan Ali. Our industry loves to chat all things strategy and creative, often overlooking the right honourable role of account management across Adland, the gateway drug for many past call-to-action guests. Currently account director at VMLYNR, he is a loud and proud advocate for these often unsung heroes. Having cut his teeth at Saatchi, JWT and Hogarth Worldwide, He can often be found sharing advice on how to calm storms, massage egos, and help sell the work. Furzan says, without account managers, there wouldn't be any sanity in an agency. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thank you uh, for inviting me on the podcast. No problem at all. Right, seven quickfire questions to warm up. Mac or PC? Mac. Twitter or LinkedIn? Ooh. (laughs) Um... LinkedIn. Account manager or astronaut? Um, account manager. <laughs> uh, kiwis or pineapples? Kiwis. Creating ads or selling ads? Selling ads. Nice. Two more. Giving feedback or asking questions? Asking questions always. Nice. Right. Last one. Would you rather post a selfie on LinkedIn or unironically say fidgetal? Uh, um, selfie. I think selfie wouldn't be fine. Nobody would notice. <laughs> okay, wicked. Nice one, Fazan. Well, th- thanks for joining us. Um, we like to celebrate routes that guests have taken in their career to get where they are now. So can you start by telling us about your first ever job and then what was your first advertising job? Um, yeah, so so my first ever ever job uh, was at a call center, which was some kind of a weird and shady telemarketing company. We were supposed to sell some service that I don't even remember. I honestly worked there for half a day only. It was just a it was just a wrong place, and I didn't know about it. So I went in the morning and I left in the afternoon. And, and this was even before uh, I went to the university and, you know, even the college as well. So it was long time back. I don't remember clearly, but I think I didn't tell anyone that I'm leaving. And, you know, I just quietly left. So I'm, I'm sure they're still waiting for me that I'll come back one day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they still think you were there. <laughs> yeah. So I don't think, I mean, that would be counted as a first job. But I, I wanted to tell you as well, because, you know, this is a safe space, right? Uh, yeah so so then um, my first ever job was while I was doing my bachelor's uh, me and my uh, a friend of mine we started a, a social media agency called social cell and this was like 11 12 I think 13 years ago and and you have to keep in mind that we knew nothing about social media at that time but we <laughs> we were starting an agency so all we knew about was uh, a bit of Facebook 
Uh, and at that time, uh, this was in Pakistan, so it was one of the most uh, popular social media platform. Anyway, we we did some digging and we realized that there are uh, mostly big digital agencies that are focusing on medium to big brands, and not many were reaching out to small, tiny brands with tiny budgets. Uh, and and you might laugh about it, but we learned the fundamentals of marketing very recently at that time. So so we use the concept of segmentation and targeting. Uh, you might have heard of these, right? Uh, segmentation. <laughs> so, so. Yeah. Well, you said you don't know anything, but uh, <laughs> many you clearly did. <laughs> so we were only reaching out to uh, a small um, set of clothing brands in a very specific area of the city. Uh, so we knew who we were after from day one. And uh, at that time, we didn't even have our own website. We were studying. We didn't have any money. We we literally were using our own private uh, Hotmail account. So we were purely winging it at that time. Uh, <laughs> anyway, we got uh, a few clients and we used to post and advertise on Facebook, which was super, super fun because, you know, it was early days and we were also uh, learning and struggling at the same time. So we did a few photo shoots as well. I remember I was the photographer and we used to uh, borrow the camera from another friend for shoots. Um, and, and the best part, which I, I still think, is that we never called ourselves, uh, you know, co-founders and CEOs. So I was, you know, the kind of a planner, which I still don't know what that is. And he was the creatives because we didn't want to give the impression that, you know, uh, we are the only two people <laughs> Uh, working on it so it's like a big team behind us as well nice did you, did you say that was whilst you were at the university or was this after after university uh we were in university at that time yeah we were stu- uh, studying fantastic and and your course presumably was marketing related D- yeah okay yeah. so you could take at least take your learnings from your degree or your bachelor's and apply that as you were kind of forming this agency and having those conversations with clients. Yeah, we were applying live every session we were learning and we were trying to bring that to the to the table as well. So that was really nice. Uh, we, we made some money as well. We learned a lot. Uh, and then I don't know what was on my mind. Uh, I, I, I left our uh, billion dollar agency and started my career <laughs> at JWT. Yeah, because I, 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 you know, at that time I was reading about, you know, JWTs and Ogilvy's and Leo Burnett's and I always wanted to work on big agencies, on big brands as well. So that's how I ended up working uh, in account management and advertising. So two questions then. So firstly, did you learn more, do you think, setting up social cell and actually being in the trenches and trying to run an agency with a with a marketing slash social media function or did you learn more at university and then the second question is how did things compare when you actually went to jwt versus what you'd been doing yeah i think uh, i think we learned in terms of communication in terms of pressure build-ups and all that uh, through our practical experience but again the fundamentals what we were trying to you know achieve or trying to build was uh, from the actual fundamental marketing fundamentals, you know, targeting and segmentation and bees and products and all that as well. So it was uh, kind of a mix. Although, I mean, I don't think we can do both separately. It has to be a mixture of both. 
Of course, of course. And did your le- did your lecturers and colleagues know that you were running an agency whilst you were learning? Uh, no, no. We were keeping it quiet because we we were uh, we just didn't want to tell anyone uh, at that time. Yeah, I, I think once we got a few clients, then we started to talk about it as well because we wanted other uh, clients at that time as well. So yeah, in the beginning we didn't, but once we got a few clients, we started to get our first paychecks or whatever you call it uh, and then we we were quite uh, proud about it yeah no you should be you should be i think one of the skills that that people lack in in this industry is is that frontline experience and it's and it can be detrimental i think to go straight from university to any agency let alone a big network agency so that's um that's, that's wonderful i love that story and then so when you went to jwt did you go knowing you wanted to be a, an account manager because I, I was talking to Andy Nairn on one of our previous episodes and we thought that uh, the, just the term just the semantics of account management is one that is probably well one of few titles in this industry that you could understand or probably not even understand you're less likely to not understand it it's probably a better way of articulating it um, which is why so many people tend to start in, a, in an account management role. And then when they can actually look around the agency and see what else is going on, they often sidestep. But did you know early on that you wanted to be an account manager? And no, not really. I wanted to be uh, in the strategy department. I, I remember at that time and I, I used to uh, think of those ideas uh, and, you know, just to pitch a new stuff to the to the clients as well, to do some research, to work on presentations and develop decks and all that. So I, I really wanted to be in uh, strategy at that time, but there was no position at that time. And then, you know, I, I was like, you know, maybe this is uh, one of the ways of entering uh, into the advertising world. So I started account management. Uh, and then, yeah, I mean, it was, I, I never stopped. It's not like I, I loved it from the beginning. It took me a lot of time uh, because, um, you know, it's a lot of pressure and, and this was in back in Pakistan, which was quite a different market, uh, uh, in terms of pressure, in terms of workload and all that. But yeah, once I, uh, once I got into the groove, um, I, I started to love it. Yes. I've heard you say more recently that account management is extremely hard, but simple. In the early days, was it simple or was it ex- extremely hard and complicated? It has always been extremely hard from day one as well. And and, and simp- I mean, there are so many factors that makes it hard. I can, I can try to mention a few as well, because even though I was working in a big network agency at that time as well, but, you know, every agency, in fact, every person in the agency has a different way of looking at account management. And in in many agencies and countries, account managers are still trying to justify their role and how they add value. And considering I have worked in different uh, markets and plus now, since I am quite active on LinkedIn, so a lot of account managers reach out to me and tell me their stories and all that. So that's how I I heard about it as well. And, and, you know, there are so many (laughs) factors that make it hard. Um, I think you always have to be on top of everything for every project for every client all the time um sometimes it happens that you know you're you're focusing on one client and one project at one time and then in the next very second you're you're getting a call from another client who's frustrated about another project so so it's it's never enough and and when it comes to simple when i say simple i mean 
I think it's simple because it's not rocket science. And no matter what people say, again, it's not rocket science. Yes, it's it's a lot of work. Uh, it's a lot of common sense. It's a lot of uh, communication and um, understanding of people, uh, the processes and marketing in general. But again, it's not rocket science. So uh, I think account managers and, and myself as well, we just need a lot of uh, passion for the job, uh, a lot of common sense. And I keep on saying about common sense because it is a lot of common sense involved. And, and the ability to bounce back from setbacks uh, again and again and again, in fact. So, uh, yeah, it is. It's it's quite extremely hard, but it's it's simple in a sense as well. You mentioned pre-recording that you were feeling old, but I've clarified that you're, you're far from old. And yet you are very experienced and you've worked in different territories and you've worked with uh, all manner of different industries and, and brands. And then equally, there's, there's a kind of litmus test of sorts, because on LinkedIn, you're hearing from people, presumably from all over the world and certainly in different shaped uh, agencies. What are the consistencies that you hear from them and that you've experienced yourself? Because I'm inclined to agree with you that people have different uh, views and maybe sometimes struggle to justify account management. I know that some agencies will, will list account management as a line item on a quote and others won't, for example. So that's quite significant, the fact that some list it as a key service and others kind of tuck it away and almost just add it into other services. But what, what else is there that, you, that you've observed? Yeah, I think um, it's it's about understanding of the roles and response <clears throat> the roles and responsibilities of account management from the get-go because what happens is that um when you think of an advertising agency you think of creatives and now that you've started to think about strategy as well but account management is never uh, is never the case so i think um the agencies first need to realize and understand what what added value the account management brings and then only the account management team itself would understand what they have to do plus it will also help understand the creatives and strategists and the finance team what is the value that account management brings so i think it's the role of the agencies to bring out uh, the roles of the account management in front in front of everyone in fact not just the client but in terms of the internal teams as well and, and why do you think agencies don't do that already i mean some obviously do but why why do why do others not i absolutely have no idea like i i i i i still don't understand like why the agencies are not putting so much effort into it like there's nothing that comes in and goes out of the agency without the account people like all the work all the communication is through account management so if they mess up and you know it can be a very small thing as well which can have a detrimental effect it's going to be uh, a big issue so it's such a huge responsibility i think account managers are like the guardians of the sorry i was about to say guardians of the galaxy are guardians of the agency um account folks you know they have so much knowledge of all the agency capabilities as well because the creators wouldn't know what else the agency can do and not that i'm saying that they don't but you know most of it not much know about in terms of network agency as as well so this so account managers they recognize when and where the opportunities exist uh, across different clients as well and not just about across different uh, network agencies so they have so much uh, information so much to offer but you know it, it's it's still overlooked and 
and that's why i mean that's one of the reasons i started to talk about uh, account management on linkedin as well and and if you see my posts are usually for juniors in the industry so i use simple words basic topics because i think the fundamentals need fixing as well because you know account managers never receive any formal training as well and um, just to add in on to this that you know i i started this mini series of three questions in 3 minutes on linkedin which i you might have seen it where i was asking questions from account leaders and and got such a great response just to you know push more conversations so that the account leaders and you know the industry starts to talk about it as well do you think at times that and and, and i say this just from my i think the first ever agency i worked at it was funny because you've got if you imagine three entities just quite crudely of client and then agency or or creatives if you like and then you've got account managers in the middle and sometimes depending on i suppose the culture of the agency that you're at you often have people that see account managers actually as part of that client and there can be a real us versus them but then i'm sure the flip side is true where you have clients who view the account managers as us versus them as well and sees them quite understandably as part of the agency so i feel like you're probably stuck in the middle quite a lot and you'll need to have these conversations and manage politics and agendas and all sorts of mess is really really challenging yeah yeah and and this happens a lot as well what you see uh, what you said is that you know uh, when we when we say client partners the agency as you said that the agency thinks that we are there to support only the clients and the clients think that we are only there to support uh, the agency as well so it's it's always in the middle and we are always trying to justify that no we are on both sides we are trying to solve the same problem uh, and trying to you know hold the fort together uh, from the client and agency side as well so it's it's always a challenge i mean and this comes you know additional to the actual work that the account manager or the account management team is doing just 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 to justify that uh we are not for the client we are not for the agency we are trying to bring everyone together have you got any advice for managing those difficult conversations or those different kind of almost political scenarios we just need to do a lot of communication on both sides as well uh i i strongly believe that my my creatives and my strategies comes first uh and then the client as well so so i think and it's not just to you know show my uh, appreciation for my team as well but i think in the end the creatives and strategists are doing the work as well so you need to first acknowledge that they are there to support you and then just a lot of communication from the client side as well and uh, from the uh, the creatives as well just to bring them all together on one page it's it's not rocket science it's just a lot of communication a lot of planning on both sides you've mentioned rockets twice now is that because you when you grew up you wanted to be an astronaut i did yes and if if i was in my actual room where i used to sit i will show you the picture of the astronaut hanging behind as well there's a great quote that you've mentioned on uh, i think it was an interview was it an interview you gave online or it could have been something you did with uh, with Jake but it was referencing the quote from Jamie Elliot who's the CEO of Gate and he says that account management is a little like a football referee when all is going well no one notices you but when shit hits the fan then all eyes are on you i think that makes a lot of sense but i also think you probably get a lot more shit versus praise than other roles in in the in the industry so you've got to be quite a hardy sort of person to 
succeed and not let that get to you yeah definitely and then i think uh, that's why i i also mentioned about you know uh, the ability to bounce back because this will happen again and again uh, so you have to you know just forget about what happened and move on and i i, I think i i read somewhere that you have to let things go so that you can get what you want and this is when your creative is screaming at you your client is screaming at you so you have to calm yourself down first and then try to calm the situation so that you can move on right and that's the that's the hard part the i want to talk about the process that you've adopted successfully when it comes to briefs so my background is all i've always been one of those people in the creative departments and the brief to me as was put by uh, Gillian Wrightford recently. She talked about the brief being that piece, that conversation piece, if you like, between client and agency. And it's that opportunity to kind of understand and articulate the problem and make sure everyone is aligned. What happens when a new brief comes in and, and how do you deal with that and making sure the client brief is, is good, is right? I think, first of all, uh, the account manager, and I keep on saying account manager, which is like everyone, account director, account, account executive, or client partner, anyone. There are so many, you know, so many designations. So I, I try to stick with one. So I think, um, first, uh, the account manager should know in advance that a new brief is coming in. You know, it should never be a surprise. Yes, uh, there might be some briefs that come out of the blue, but, you know, it should not be the case most of the time. And I always imagine in that scenario that what my team team would think that I call myself a client partner and I don't know myself what's happening at the client side. Now, again, of course, there will be instances that, you know, we wouldn't know what's coming in. So if you know the brief is coming in, you should, you know, start already start planning uh, and and planning in terms of updating your team about when to expect and what to expect as well and then planning from your side as well what what i can do even before the brief uh, that can help me out and help uh, my team out as well so for example if a new product launch uh, is happening maybe you know some research on x category examples or past campaigns or some ideas that you would think that you know maybe that would help uh, and, and once you have the brief, then you should dissect it completely, you know, forget about the putting it on an actual briefing template first, you have to really dissect and understand what exactly is the ask, because sometimes it, it happens that, you know, it's not written what exactly is required. So try to make a sense of it and try to understand what is missing from it. You know, if it is a big, and I try to have a lot of communication even before we actually start working on the brief as well on both sides. So maybe have a pre-briefing session with your team or, you know, just go through with them before even you actually write the brief as well. And and sometimes you can, you know, uh, have a brief pre-briefing session with your clients as well. And, um, I don't think the client would mind if you have the intention of clearing out the doubts before, you know, properly briefing uh, session so that it becomes more fruitful, right? Because it's not just, it's not a process. Yes, there is a process that once you get a brief, you make a brief and then you send it to the clients, but you know, it's not a hard and fast route. So you, until, unless you are clear, you're not clear yourself, then how are you going to make sense of it as well? 
really pleased you said that. You, sorry, you've, you've kind of preempted a question I was going to lead on to about taking responsibility for the brief. So, for example, if the, if the brief comes in directly from the client, you and, you and you're that kind of conduit to then pass it on to the creative department. At which point are you saying I'm happy with this brief as the client partner? But you've made it sound like actually, if you, the more collaborative you make it, and the more you kind of preempt the stage where there is an agreed brief, then the the, the more chance there is that it will be exactly what both sides want it to be yeah and 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 i firmly believe that you know uh, as account managers we always should have a point of view as well even if it is a brief or even if you're sending some you know uh, creative work to the client as well and if you if your creative team is not does not want to share uh, you know agency recommendation as well so there is no harm in your personal recommendation to the client as well so that you know because you you should be on the driving seat right so you have to pave a way for them that you know this is what i think because i have worked on you know account blah 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 and all that so i think that this would make more sense for the client so uh, you really need to have a point of view you really need to have a collaborative approach uh, for any work that you do in agency with with the um, inevitable caveat of it depends have you got an opinion over over who should write the brief the client or the agency i think um, i mean uh, i have worked in agencies where we are fortunate to have a strategy department who does who writes the creative brief but i think from the client side you do not expect a creative brief right so that would be more of a business mindset of a briefing where you have the the goals where you have the problem from the client side as well and then you have the business goals as well and then how do you articulate as well from your side in terms of the creative brief and 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 that's the that's the beauty of account management as well that you know i mean i'm i'm saying beauty but it's not but you know every every agency has a different way and you know whenever the agency is different it's the it's the account management which mostly is different so uh, sometimes the account managers would write the brief uh, the creative brief sometimes there is a proper strategy department who writes the creative brief but then again it's it's the account manager who adds that you know last bits of it as well to make it a, a, a proper creative brief so it's again it's it depends as you said no, no, but there's a lot more context around that. And I, <clears throat> I know it's just semantics in some senses, but I think semantics is also really, really important because it can lead to so much confusion and, and misinterpretation. But have you got a preference between the title of account manager or account management and client partner? I, I, I think account management is a great way of putting at it. When we, when we say client partner, uh, and I love the way, you know, uh, it, it makes sense because you're literally the account uh, client partner. But then again, you are also the agency partner as well, which I think is missing from client partner. And again, it's it's not about the title, but, you know, when you're when uh, you're constantly hearing in the agency as well that, you know, where's the client partner, who's the client partner on this? So it just makes uh, subconsciously, you know, maybe the team would think that you're you're towards more for the client and less for us as well so i think account you know account is a client and management is everything to do with management uh, in general as well so i personally think that account management is uh, is a is a great name we interrupt this podcast to announce that we will never interrupt this podcast with ads Ads that awkwardly nudge you to contact the pod's host, Giles Edwards, on 01189 
952-007. Only the other day, some pod-listening companies did just that, calling for guidance on strategy and brand identity. But we're not asking you to do that. Nope. Anyway, back to the show. And finally, brand purpose. Let's talk a little bit about brand purpose. What a load of fucking nonsense brand purpose is, yeah? Oh, the godfather of marketing, Mark Ritson, telling it like it is. Not what we were after. Hang on. Um, I've got a, a few listener go. questions for you, Fazan. So, asking the general public for their opinion, be it on Brexit or boat names, is notoriously fraught with danger, but that's not stopped us asking. So, we've got a question from Josh Steele. I mean, Josh has actually kind of been quite sneaky here because he's got two questions in, but... If you could go back in time and set the job spec for good, what would you change about account management? Also, what's the most efficient way to do timesheets? Still struggling, to be honest. Yeah, me too, Josh. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think uh, I wouldn't change anything because the issue is that every agency, as I mentioned, big or small, has their own way of working to a number of reasons as well. Um, and, you know, some some agencies have a creative department and a strategy and an account management. Some some agencies have just the account management slash uh, strategy, de- strategy department slash project management department. And then, then there is creatives as well. So I think usually the account management is the department that is mostly different in terms of ways of working. And as I mentioned that, you know, that's the beauty of uh, of it as well. You learn a lot as well. And in future, you will definitely, uh, this will definitely help you because you would have a lot more sense of the strategy, a lot more sense of the project management and the actual account management as well. But each agency, uh, I think we just need to define uh, the roles and responsibilities in the beginning. So it is clear for everyone that what is the role that the account management is going to bring for our agency for this client specific as well because you know there are bigger clients as well who have different needs as well and uh, when it comes to timesheets i think i'm the last person to ask about timesheets i mean i i love timesheets but i just hate filling timesheets uh, but i think uh, timesheets gives a valuable um, um data as well if you fill it properly if you try to dissect it properly as well but i think you know uh, uh, again i'm not the right person but you know if you think if you set a time every day or even alternate day or whatever suits you you know fill it that would be the most efficient uh, we have a weekly not a weekly but you know bi-weekly reminder in our diary as well uh, for, for like five minutes that's where we have to do it and you know we just don't ignore that that that's about it you articulated that really well that you you, you know you, you don't you love timesheets but you hate filling them in I think there's a sense that what they ultimately give you is is significant as an agency we actually went without timesheets entirely for about a decade uh, and we've only recently reintroduced them to the agency and I think I said on on Twitter or somewhere the other day that I, it's, it's like introducing a total twat to your best friends because <laughs> <laughs> it it feels bad to say you know here's timesheets this is now what you need to do when you've when you've historically not had to do them 
And yet, as you say, the intelligence that it gives you, with the caveat of, yeah, but assuming they're accurate, is significant. So for commercial reasons, they're important, but they also are. They do seem to be this kind of noose around people's neck at the same time. Yeah, and and, and again, uh, I think I just want to add here that, you know, timesheets are not to show the agency that how much work you're doing. I think once, if that is sorted, that, you know, it's not for that purpose. It's just to understand how much time we have spent even if you're not charging uh, hourly or you know or whatever, but at least you have to understand what uh, the amount of work that you are spending, uh, the amount of time you're spending on each as well. And 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 there are, um, I I think there are quite a few uh, project management slash timesheets and you know workflow management tools as well. I found Core, which is C O R, which is uh, super amazing. I mean, I, I had a demo as well. Uh, they give a lot of insights already. You don't have to do anything. You just fill those, uh, and then you get a lot of information from it. And Basecamp is also one of those. Yeah, I mean, there's no there's no shortage of them out there. But I think that's another key point you make there that they're good for managing and understanding costs, not necessarily the the value you 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 bring or that you trade. Uh, question two is from the industry agony aunt, Auntie Gillian Wrightford. And Gillian asks, do you think there's still a role for account management or could it be replaced by a duo of project management and strategy? I don't think account management will ever or should ever uh, go away. Uh, I think project management is specific to delivering the actual stuff you know, uh, when you get out of the stuff and the deliverables and all that. Uh, strategy is, you know, aligning the goals and actions and plans and all that stuff. And and account management, as I said, that, you know, it's literally that holds the fort as well. So someone should be there to solve your problems and tell you that everything is going to be all right so the team can focus on the actual work. Uh, someone, as you said, that, you know, calm the storms as well. Uh, otherwise, it's just going to be a lot of panic as well. And strategy needs a lot of time as well. So if a strategy slash account or slash project management person does that, then uh, he or she will struggle with all of those as well. So account, manager, account managers, I think uh, they should be on the driving seat that takes everyone to uh, their respective destination, you know, safe and sound. And, and perhaps it also depends on the size of the agency, right? Those types of hybrid roles. Of course, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't know if you've ever heard of the uh, agency in Pakistan called Social Cells, because I think they had a photographer who was an account manager as well. Yeah, they, they are a different league. So yeah, they, they, they're allowed. So the final part of the interview then is our four pertinent poses that we put to all of our guests. Starting with number one, what advice would you give to your younger I want to be an astronaut self. I think I would advise myself uh, to be more social. I uh, was kind of introvert, uh, so it was an issue for me in the beginning. It took me some time to be more social. Uh, I think would that would have definitely helped me from the beginning. Also, um, I have two advices. So I, I think um, also take risks, which sounds uh, a, a cliche, but I think it's super important, which I'm learning even now as well that, you know, you have to take risks, you have to learn new things uh, every day, you know, like crypto and metaverse or AI or anything at, at all. I know that, you know, every most of the agency people like to bash about it, including myself, but I but I think there's no harm in learning uh, about it. And I'm not saying to go all in, uh, but at least you should know about it. Uh, and 
you know try to understand what's happening in the industry in the world as well even if your client will never do it but at least you should know about these new shiny toys yeah i i um i like i like that second piece of advice and you've mentioned um doing the research for today you talk a lot about mindset and it's something that i've praised uh, colin lewis especially for over the years because he seems to um center on mindset a lot and there's some brilliant advice that you've given centered around that but your point then about actually taking the time to look into these things, um, I think is important. I remember talking, this was ages ago, and I've referenced him before, I think, on past episodes when I spoke to Frederick Halberg. And he says quite rightly that marketers are all part magpie and the new shiny thing is interesting. And and, and we should, we should allow ourselves and, and, and allow that mindset to want to explore it. And then, of course, if we want to bash it because it's not appropriate and it's not suitable for a particular client, then fine. And you do have to be careful because there's so many absolutes out there where people claim the future is this, the future is that. In most instances, it might not be, but in some it might. And you're never going to know about those few instances where it could well be the future if you're just going to dismiss it entirely. Of course, yeah, true. Um, If you could banish one thing from the industry, what would it be and why? Uh, That is my favorite. So I think um, ego uh, would be the most important thing. I think it is definitely ruining our industry. Um, you might have seen on uh, Twitter as well. So most people in our industry call themselves experts and I'm I'm not doubting that. I'm sure they are, but they don't want to listen to anyone else as well. So you might uh, be an expert, but you know others can also have a point of view or a different way of looking at it as well. So um, I remember Luca, uh, who is a, a friend of mine on Twitter, we, we started calling it brandsplaining. Uh, when someone explains to you what brand is, you know, even though you didn't ask for it, uh, and and plus you're saying exactly the same thing in just different words, but you know, people would still, uh, you know, not agree to it, uh, and then we realize that someone already has uh, came up with this term, so we are not the founders. Also, I think ego in our day-to-day uh, work as well. You know, some some clients have ego, even though we are literally helping them achieve their business goals. Uh, even internal agency people have ego towards each other and I'm, I'm not uh, you know it comes from different cultures that I've worked on as well so I've seen it a lot as well uh, because in the end you're literally working together for the same brand you know in the same team and so we all need each other but we still have uh, ego I, I have no idea why is that um, I, I think I'm, I'm extremely fortunate to have an amazing team right now uh, and we actually work together, uh, which is amazing uh, and, a, and a blessing, definitely a blessing. And I suppose due to the types of work that you would do and the size of the teams and brands that you work with, that that chain of people can be so significant that the chances of eliminating ego altogether is, is you know, probably close to none, whether it's client side or supplier side or agency side. Have you, have you, have you got any tips for how people can kind of navigate round problems to do with ego? I think we just need to, and, and I think it should come from the senior uh, management from the client and agency as well, that, you know, we are all working together. Uh, we have we all have one mission as well and every every person every department has a, a a strategic or maybe a specific role to play to achieve that business goal so we need to respect and you know uh, move towards the goal rather than you know 
fighting over or having it's not it's not a drama that we we are having so it's like proper work so we need to focus on the work itself and uh, keep our ego at home now number three are there any books that you can recommend to our listeners um to be honest it, it it's extremely hard for me to read books and and i've been trying hard to reach and catch up uh, on a lot of books so uh, i think i'll i'll just name a couple of books which i have read recently in fact i'm i'm still reading a, a few of them so uh first is a good strategy bad strategy uh which is amazing if you really want to understand strategy it has a number of examples i think strategy is one of those terms that we uh, everyone uses it in a different way i've seen uh, people say strategy when they actually mean objectives uh, or when they actually mean creative rationale as well uh, so i think that's a, that's a good start uh, for anyone then i'm also reading a book called me talk pretty one day uh, which is memoirs of david um, sidares uh, he's he's super funny he has a sarcastic tone which i really love uh, so you will actually laugh out loud uh, reading his book and the third which i have to read i haven't even started uh, i think that's the mark pollard strategy is your words um, so yeah i mean i haven't read it but that's that's my uh, next reading list nice it looks beautiful that book that it's a hardback right i just need to mention one thing the first episode uh, that i heard of your podcast was nick ellis and i absolutely loved it oh sorry about that <laughs> it wasn't the best <laughs> they get better <laughs> yeah i think he touched upon creative brief and i and i endorse it uh, completely i forgot to mention it uh, earlier as well i think uh, i would really uh, like you to add it in the the link uh, because i think uh, he has made a lot of sense surprisingly about creative briefs and everything so i think definitely uh, everyone should uh, hear about uh, hear that episode yeah no i i totally agree i'm i'm pleased you bring that I, actually i might edit all of that out and just you know i don't like to <laughs> 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 i mean jake it is a wonderful episode and um i think i've clarified this before but just for the record we we actually have just completely nicked the idea or the, or, or the title of client partners from nick and halo uh, because we we found it was helpful as a way of articulating what the title was to clients but also justifying their involvement and justifying why they exist on a on a on an estimate and on a final invoice because their work is so critical so i was really interested when i asked you earlier about that difference in semantics between client managers and account management and i'm still slightly torn i don't I, I, and i accept the fact that one isn't necessarily right and the other's wrong i think it's you know horses for courses and it just, it happens to help us but nick gave a brilliant talk about uh, client partners slash account management at zmelt a few years ago which you no doubt seen too so um i i recommend everyone links to that as well uh, and then we like to dedicate every episode to someone and we bestow that honor to our guest who has to give their reason why um yes uh, so i have thought about it i have actually two dedications if i uh, may one is to my friend uh, basit abasi uh, who is who i mentioned uh, in the beginning as well we started this you know billion dollar uh, agency called social cell back when we were studying i moved on but he kept on going 
he now has a full team and has done some amazing work. Uh, he's a great marketer and a great partner as well. Uh, and uh, secondly, I would like to dedicate this to all the account managers who are struggling and don't know what to do because they never received any formal training. Uh, because I have been through that as well. So I really understand their struggles and pressures as well. So And, and I get so many messages from struggling AMs around the world, which is surprising. I never thought that I would be so popular. Um, so uh, I would just ask them to, you know, please keep on going and keep trying uh, your best and learn every day as well. And, you know, uh, the last thing is that if ever anyone talks down on you, be it client or internal team, and I know this happens a lot, uh, again, because I have worked in uh, different markets as well. So please raise your voice and uh, speak to your management there. And then no one uh, should be allowed to bully you, which is very surprising. I don't know why this happens. Uh, you might not, not have heard of it, but it still happens a lot in agencies around the world. Um, no one should be allowed to bully you. Uh, you know, we are not saving lives here. It's, it's just fucking advertising. So, you know, just chill. Uh, so as a final call to action, uh, everyone listening can head over to this episode. There'll be lots of links covering everything we've discussed in the last hour. I'm hoping also, uh, Farzan, that we can link to a lot of your LinkedIn posts because they're hugely valuable, not least for people who are wearing the hat of account managers, but also anyone within the industry, because I think it really does help understand the role and, and, and just probably makes us better for, for that. Uh, but how else can people get more Farzan Ali I think I'm I'm, I'm uh, quite active on LinkedIn. I am uh, somewhat active on Twitter as well. I open Twitter every day for a couple of minutes and then, you know, shit post and then <laughs> move on. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if you want to reach out to me, definitely on LinkedIn, you can always message and I always reply. Brilliant. Well, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a, it's been an absolute pleasure and a privilege to talk. No, thank you so much for inviting me on the show. You have an amazing guest list with proper legends of the industry. And then there's me. So thank you for that. <laughs> and Nick, don't forget. And Nick, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I've really enjoyed it, mate. Uh, finally, thank you to everyone listening. If you've enjoyed this episode, please do share and review the podcast. It helps massively. Keep the questions and guest requests coming in. To get in touch, it's easy to find Gasp online or email hello at calltoaction.co. I can't get no call to action. I can't get no call to action. But I try and I try. Try and I try.